Well, praise the Lord this morning. Today is um, Thursday, October the 12th, uh, 2023. I'm your host and narrator, Mitchell Dawkins, with today's message. You know, um, uh, I have a, a, a very good friend, uh, and we, we, we talk, a very beautiful young lady, and we talk quite often, and um, uh, she listened to some of the messages that I've done, uh, and uh, I don't know how the how the how the conversation came up, Amen. Um, but we begin uh, to talk about some of the women in the Bible, and I've had this conversation before with other people. Um, they was asking me, or we were discussing some some people in the Bible and, and some women, and. Um, she suggested to me, why don't I do a podcast? Because I was saying, basically, that women played a very important role uh, in ministry, uh, uh, in the Bible. Very significant roles. Um, uh, ministry and, and even ministering to Jesus. And so... Uh, as that conversation kept going, she suggested, "Why did I? Why don't I do uh, a message on women in the Bible?" And so, ironically speaking, uh, my brother, Pastor Derek Dawkins, uh, Resurrection Baptist Church uh, on Martin Luther King Avenue in Southeast. Let me plug him in there real quick. That's a nice plug, huh, bro? Um, during his daily Bible readings, uh, he touched on some women in the Bible. And when I heard the message, I got very excited uh, because that was affirmation and confirmation of, of what message God wanted me to, to, to put out. And so I collected this information and research uh, several months ago and I just been sitting on it and so uh, oftentimes when I talk to my friend uh, she would allude to why haven't I put the message out well I, I didn't have an answer uh, I say I have the information but I, I just haven't done it and so uh, this is the day not only is this the day that the Lord has made, but this is also the day that he instructed me, glory to God, the Holy Spirit, amen, instructed me to release this information. And so for whatever glory God received from this uh, is well-deserving, uh, but I, I don't know, uh, but I know he deserves the glory uh, in all things. Hallelujah. And so today I'm going to talk about Amen. Um, women in the Bible. Amen. Uh, and uh, what we can learn from them. You see? And so, let me turn my uh, Bible over to Romans uh, 15.4. Let, 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 let me start off by reading that scripture. Amen. Because... Um, you know, the Bible introduces us to many women whose lives can teach us valuable lessons. And so in Romans 15 
Amen. Four, it says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of scriptures might have hope. Huh? Glory to God. And and and, and then you even go to um let me go to 2 Timothy. Amen. And and I should know this scripture uh by heart, you know, I should memorize this because I taught a lesson on this, amen, at the Salvation Army. Um, it says uh, in, in, in Romans, uh, second Rom I mean, Second Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God, amen, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Huh? And so, uh, amen. Um, and so, again, the Bible introduces us to, 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 to many women whose lives can teach us valuable lessons. And so this message uh, describes just some of the women, because there are many, some of the women mentioned in the Bible. Uh, many are fine examples to imitate others, provide warning examples. Amen. And so you have a, uh, I got a list of women here. Amen. Uh, that I'm going to touch on, uh, like Abigail and Deborah, Delilah, Esther, Eve, Hannah, uh, Giselle, Jezebel, Leah, Martha, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Amen. Um, you also have Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. You got Mary Madeline, uh, uh, you got Miriam, you got Rachel, you got Rehab, we got Rebecca, you got Ruth, you got Sarah, you got the Shulamite girl, amen, you got the wife of life, amen, it's so many, amen, and so I'm sitting here, glory to God, uh, at home in my quasi office, uh, having my first cup of coffee for the, from the fall, for the fall, ain't that nice? First cup of coffee I'm having this fall. And so I'm going to release this information to the glory of God. And so let's start off with Abigail. So who, who was Abigail? She was the wife of a wealthy but harsh man named uh, Nabal. Amen. And so uh, Abigail, however, was discerning and humble as well as beautiful. She was beautiful both um, physically and spiritually. And you can see that in 1 Samuel 25, 3. And so what did she do? Abigail acted with wisdom and discernment in order to avoid calamity. Huh? And so she and, Ab and Nabal, uh, Nabal uh, lived in, in, in the region where David's, uh, uh, Israel's first king, was hiding as a fugitive. And so while David and his men were there, they protected Nabal's flock of sheep from robbers. But when messengers from David asked Nabal uh, for some food, Nabal, in, 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 you know, he, he refused to provide it. Insolently refused to provide it. And David was incensed. So he and his men went to kill Nabal and all the men of his household. 
And again, you can see that in 1 Samuel 25, uh, uh, 10 through 12, and then verse 22 as well. And so Abigail acted quickly when she heard what her husband had done. She gave her servants a supply of food to take to David and his men, and she followed to beg David for mercy. Hmm? And so when David saw her gift, observed her, her um, humility, amen, and heard her wise advice, he recognized that God had used her to prevent a tragedy. You see? And soon thereafter, Nabal died and Abigail became David's wife. Huh? And so what can we learn from Abigail? And so although she was, you know, although beautiful and wealthy, Abigail had a balanced view of herself. To keep peace, she was willing to apologize for something that was not her fault. She handled a tense situation calmly and did so with tact, courage, and resourcefulness. You see? Amen. And so she acted with she acted with discretion. Glory to God. Okay? And so, amen, we're going to move on to Deborah. And so, who was Deborah? She was a prophetess who Israel's <coughs> Scott, excuse me, God Jehovah uh, used to reveal his will on matters affecting his people. God also used her to help set, settle problems among the Israelites. You see that in the book of Judges, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And so what did she do? And so the, the prophetess Deborah courageously supported God's worshipers. Uh, at his discretion, she summoned Barak, a man, to lead an Israelite army against their Canaanite oppressors. You see that in the book of Judges, uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 6 and 7. And so when Barak asked Deborah to go with him, she did not give in to fear, but willingly complied with his request. You see? And so after God gave the Israelites a dis, uh, decisive victory, Deborah composed uh, at least part of the song that she and Barak sang recounting the event. In that song, she mentioned the role of, uh, of who? J.L. I think that's how you pronounce that name. A man, another fearless woman, a man who played in defeating uh, the Canaanites. You see that in the book of Judges in, in chapter 5, amen. And so what can we learn from Deborah? Deborah was self-sacrificing and courageous. She encouraged others to do the right thing in God's eyes. Glory to God. And, and, and when they did so, she generously gave them credit for what they did. Huh? And so she, you could say she arose as the mother of Israel. Huh? Amen. And so, um, so then we go, let's go to Delilah. You see? And so who was Delilah? Delilah was a woman whom the Israelites judged Samson fell in love with. Amen. Uh, and you see that in the book of Judges, uh, 
chapter 16, verses 4 and 5. What did she do? She accepted money from the Philistine officials to portray Samson, whom God had been using to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. The Philistines were unable to overpower him because of his miraculous uh, physical strength. So the officials sought help from Delilah. You see? And so the Philistines bribed a man, Delilah, uh, or, or should I say they, uh, they, they bribed Delilah to find out uh, how Samson got his strength. How, how he got that great strength. You understand? Delilah accepted the money and after several attempts, she finally succeeded in uncovering Samson's secret. You see, you got to go to the book of Judges in chapter 16 to see this stuff. Amen. And she then told his secret to the Philistines who captured and imprisoned Samson. You see? And so what can we learn from Delilah? Yeah, well, now that's just different than what we can learn from her. Delilah is a warning example. Overcome by greed, she acted in a deceitful, disloyal, and selfish way toward a servant of Jehovah God. Yeah. And so we're going to learn something from each one of these women here that I'm, that I'm talking about. And so let's go to Esther. Who was Esther? She was a Jewess uh, who was chosen by Persian king, Assyrius, you see, uh, to become his queen. So what did she do? Queen Esther used her people. She discovered that an official decree had been issued that designated a specific day on which all Jews living in Persian uh, in the Persian Empire were to be killed. You see, and so this evil scheme uh, was the work of the man named Haman, who was the prime minister. You got to go to the Book of Esther to see this. Esther uh, chapter three, verses thirteen through fifteen, and chapter four verses 1 and 5. And so with the help of uh, her older cousin, uh, what's the other cousin name? Uh, Mordecai. Yeah. Uh, and at the risk of her life, Esther revealed the scheme to her husband, King Osorius. You see? Osorius then allowed Esther and Mordecai to, to issue another decree authorizing the Jews to defend themselves, glory to God. So the Jews thoroughly defeated their enemies. You see that? And so, amen, what can we learn from Esther? Esther, let me just say Queen Esther, that's what she was. Queen Esther set an outstanding example of courage, humility, and modesty. Hmm? And despite her beauty and position, she sought counsel and help Amen. When, when, when speaking with her husband, uh, she was tactful and respectful, but bold. Glory to God. And at the time of great danger for the Jews, she courageously identified herself as one of them. Huh? So she stood up for God's people and she acted wisely, bravely, and selfishly. And so let's go to Eve. So who was Eve? Everybody knows who Eve was. Eve was the first woman and the first woman mentioned in the Bible. 
What did she do? Eve disobeyed a clear command from God. But let's, let's just, you know, that's what people think. But the command was actually given to Adam. So let's make this clear. The command was given to Adam. You might have overheard it. But the command was given to Adam. And like her husband, Adam, Eve was created as a perfect human with free will and the ability to cultivate godly qualities such as love and wisdom. You see that? And so Eve knew that God had told Adam that if he ate from, the, from a certain tree, they would die. However, she was deceived into believing that she would not die. In fact, she was led to believe that she would be better off if she disobeyed God. So she ate from, uh, she ate of the fruit. It wasn't an apple. People are always talking about Eve ate the apple and all this old stuff. The Bible never mentions nothing about an apple. She ate the fruit and later induced her husband to eat as well. And there's a long story about that and a lot of misunderstandings about what exactly happened. But what can we learn from Eve? Eve is a warning example of the danger of dwelling on wrong desires. Huh? Against God's clear command, she developed an overpowering longing to take what did not belong to her. You see? Glory to God. But we're not going to hold Eve totally responsible because, again, the command was given to Adam. You see? And, 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 and that's a whole nother podcast or a whole nother message that I can do about that. Because there's a lot of misunderstandings about what exactly happened. You see? Amen. So, amen, let's move on to Hannah. Now, who was Hannah? She was the wife of, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Elkinah. Elkinah. Elkanah, I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, and the mother of, of Samuel, who became a prominent prophet in ancient Israel. Now, you got to go to 1 Samuel to see that. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, you can go to verse 1. You can go to chapter 2. You can go to verse 4 through 7 about that. And so what did she do? When Hannah was childless, she turned to God for, for comfort. Amen. Y'all probably know the story. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Hannah's husband had two wives. You see? The other wife, uh, what's her name? Uh, Panana? Uh, Panina? How, how you pronounce her name? Amen. But, but, but she had children. However, uh, Hannah remained uh, childless for a long time after, after her marriage. Panina, um, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, amen, but she cruelly taunted her. She, she, she taunted Hannah. But Hannah prayed to God for comfort. Glory to God. That's what we got to do, man. We got to pray to God for, for his comfort, for his peace. You know what I'm saying? Because he gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Amen. 
And But anyway, she made a vow to God saying that if God granted her a son, she would give the child to him by arranging for the child uh, for the child to serve at the tabernacle and, and, and transportable, uh, or, or should I say a transportable tent. That's what the tabernacle was. It, it was used by God. Uh, it was used uh, by the Israelites for worship. Amen. And you got to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 uh, to see that. And so God answered Hannah's prayer. And she gave birth to Samuel. And Hannah kept her promise and took Samuel to serve at the, at, at the tabernacle uh, when he was uh, still a little boy. And so year after year, she made a, a, a sleeveless coat for him and took it to him. Huh? In time, God, God blessed Hannah with five more children. Yeah, see, 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 only God can do this kind of stuff. Glory to God. I'm getting a little excited right now. Only God can do this kind of stuff. Three sons and two daughters she ended up having. Glory to God. And so what can we learn from Hannah? Hannah's heartfelt prayers helped her to endure trials. Glory to God. Hey man, you know, when you're going through some trials, man, you know, and I and I and I and I've been going through some. Hey Amen. And I and I just cry out to the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I don't uh, uh try to uh glory to God. Uh, I mean, you know, just because you're praying, you can't sit back and, and wait for God to do things. Hey Amen. He's going to instruct you on, on where to go and what to do, amen, um, and you got to follow through with God's instructions, you see what I'm saying, while remaining uh, faithful to him and obedient to him, now, I ain't always done that, I ain't always done it correctly, you understand, and sometimes that delays uh, the outcome that I might have been looking for, amen, but you still have to remember that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. And, and, and furthermore, when you pray and ask God with your petitional prayer, amen, he ain't going to do things the way you want him to do it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there are many things that might lead up to uh, a successful prayer. Not that, not, not, not that any, any prayers fail. Amen. But you, you can't expect... God to do things the way you want it to be done. Because once again, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. Amen. And so, uh, again, what we can learn from Hannah, Hannah's uh, heartfelt prayers help her to endure trials. Her prayers of gratitude is recorded. Amen. Right there in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Amen. And, and, and reflects her deep faith in God. Glory to God. And so uh, Hannah opened her heart to God in prayer. And I'm going to encourage all of us to do the same. And uh, even myself. And I need encouragement with that as well. And so let's move on to... Uh, let's move on to um, J.L. 
guess that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, she was the wife of a Hebrew, a non-Israelite. Jael took a fearless stand for God's people. So what did she do? She acted decisive, uh, decisively, amen, when uh, Caesarea, the chief of the Canaanite army, showed up in her camp. And so uh, Caesarea had lost his battle against Israel and was now looking for refuge and shelter. And so Jael invited him into her tent to hide to hide and to rest. And so while uh, he was sleeping, she executed him. Huh? While he was sleeping, she executed him. See that in the book of Judges, chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. And so Jael's action fulfilled prophecy spoken by Deborah. Huh? It will, it, 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 it will be into the hand of a woman that Jehovah will give Caesarea. Now you'll find that in the book of Judges. You're making none of this stuff up. Judges chapter 4, uh, verse 9. And for her role, amen, Jael was praised as the most blessed woman. So what can we what can we learn, amen, from Jael? Jael acted with initiative and courage. And so her experience shows how God can maneuver events to fulfill prophecy. Huh? Y'all got to go read the story. I, you know, if I, if I go into all of this, how, how all of it happened, this message will be hour long, uh, hours long. And so I'm just touching on some of the women uh, briefly. Let's go to Jezebel. We all heard that name before. And so who was Jezebel? Uh, she was the wife of uh, Israelite King Ahab. Ahab, if you want to pronounce it that way, Ahab. And she was a non-Israelite and did not worship God or did not worship Jehovah. You know what I'm saying? Instead, she worshiped the Canaanite God, Baal. So what did she do? Queen Jezebel was domineering. She was ruthless and violent. She promoted Baal worship and sexual immorality associated with it. And at the same time, she tried to uh, 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 eliminate the worship of the true God. Huh? And you can see that in 1 Kings. 1 Kings uh, 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 chapter 18 uh Verse 4. Uh, you can see it in uh, uh, verse 13, uh, probably uh, uh, chapter 19, verse 1 through 3. And so Jezebel restored, uh, or she, she resorted to lies and murder to satisfy her selfish whims. And as God had foretold, she died violently uh, and did not receive a burial. So what can we learn from her? Amen. Jezebel is a warning example again. She was morally corrupt and unscrupulous. 
that her name has become a symbol of shameless, immoral, uh, and unrestrained woman. Hmm? Amen. So, so, so let's move on to Leah. Amen. Leah was the first wife of the uh, patriot Jacob. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Amen. Her younger sister Rachel was his other wife. Imagine that. Amen. You see that in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 29. Amen. Verses 20 through 29. What did Leah do? Leah became the mother of six of Jacob's sons. You see that in the book of Ruth. And so, uh, Ruth chapter 4, amen, uh, verse 11, as a matter of fact, Jacob had uh, intended to marry Rachel, not Leah. However, the girl's father, uh, Laban, arranged for Leah to take Rachel's place. Huh? And ain't that some trickery? So when Jacob re realized that he had been uh, tricked into marrying Leah, he confronted Laban. Uh, and a man asserted that uh, uh, it was not custom for the younger daughter to marry before the older one. But a week later, Jacob married Rachel. Amen. And he said, you got to go to the book of Genesis to see this stuff. Genesis 29. Amen. Uh, verses 26 through 28. So Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. And as a result, Leah jealously competed for with her sister for Jacob's affection. And so God took note, amen, of Leah's feelings and blessed her with seven children, six sons and one daughter. Huh? And so what can we learn from Leah? Amen. Glory to God. Leah relied on God in prayer and did not let her distressing family situation blind her to God's support. Glory to God, man. And so the account of her life realistically portrays the the, 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 the failing of uh, polygamy. <laughs> An arrangement that God tolerated for time. Huh? And so his approved standard of marriage is for a husband or wife to have just one spouse. Now you can go to the book of Matthew and see that. Matthew chapter 19. Amen, verses four through six. And so, um, glory to God, amen. And so, uh, let's go to Martha. And everybody know, and, 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 you know, well, first of all, Martha, who, who, who was she? She was the sister of Lazarus and Mary. And all three lived near Jerusalem in the village of um, Bethany. What did she do? Martha enjoyed a close friendship with Jesus. Glory to God. Anybody got that? Anybody got a close friendship with Jesus? Glory to God. Mm -hmm -hmm. I did a message called Friend to Jesus on Player. Y'all can go back and listen to it if you want. But, 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 but my Martha enjoyed a close friendship with Jesus who loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. Huh? You can see that in the book of John, uh, chapter 11, verse 5. Martha was a hospitable woman. Glory to God. 
During one of Jesus' visits, Mary chose to listen to Jesus while Martha attended to household duties. You see, Martha complained to him that Mary was not helping her. And Jesus, glory to God in his great wisdom. I'm getting emotional right now. Amen. Jesus gently corrected Martha's viewpoint. You can see that in the book of Luke. Glory to God, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. And so when Lazarus became sick, glory to God, Martha and, and her sister sent for Jesus, amen, confident that he would heal her brother. Go to the book of John, chapter 11 to see that. Amen, verses 3 and verses 21. But Lazarus died. And so Martha's conversation with Jesus reflected her confidence in the Bible's promise of a resurrection, glory to God, and in Jesus' ability to bring her brother back to life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What can we learn, Lord? Help me from Martha. Martha worked hard in extending hospitality. She was willing, amen, uh, or she willingly accepted counsel. She spoke openly about her feelings and her faith. Glory to God. So let's go to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we've all heard about her. And so who was Mary? Mary was a young Jewish woman. And she was a virgin at the time she gave birth to Jesus. Having conceived God's son miraculously. Huh? So what did she do? Mary humbly did God's will. Uh, she, to her, amen, well, she was engaged to Joseph when the angel appeared to her, amen, and announced that she would become pregnant and give birth to the long-awaited Messiah. Go to the book of Luke, uh, chapter 1, verses 26 and 20, uh, through 33 to see that. She willingly accepted her, her role. After G How many women are willingly accepting their role? How many people are willingly accepting their role? You see? First of all, you got to know what your role is. And sometimes it, it, it takes years, amen, to know what that role is. And, and maybe the role can change at certain times. I don't know. Amen. Well, she willingly accepted her role. And after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had four sons together and at least two daughters. So Mary did not remain a virgin. Although she enjoyed a unique privilege she never sought or received, uh, what word am I looking for? Adulation, let me put it that way. Either during Jesus' ministry or as a member of the early Christian congregation. Amen? And so what, what, what can we learn from Mary? Mary was a faithful woman who willingly accepted a serious responsibility. Yeah, that responsibility had to be real serious, man. You hear me? 
she had an excellent knowledge of scriptures. Uh, by one estimate, she made some 20 references to scripture when she uttered the words recorded. Amen. In the book of Luke. Uh, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. Glory to God. And so, um, then we have Mary. Amen. We just talked about Martha uh, a minute ago. Now, 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 we got Mary. Now, that's the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Amen. And who was Mary? Along with her brother, Lazarus, and her sister Martha, she enjoyed also a close friendship with Jesus. Glory to God. And so what did she do? I'm thanking God this morning because, um, you know, I, I, I'm just going to briefly interrupt my message. I, 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 I had a minor stroke. And I'm thanking God this morning because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing my voice. Amen. And it's not slurry. I don't know if it sounds slurry to you, but it's improved to me. And so, glory to God, I'm so uh, happy this morning. I'm so filled with joy because I'm able to get this message out. And it doesn't sound like, hey amen, my words are slurred this morning. Glory to God. So, uh, I just had to give God the glory in the midst of this. Hallelujah. Uh, so, let me get on back to this. Whoo! We're talking about Mary. So, what did she do? Mary repeatedly showed showed keen appreciation for Jesus as the son of God. She expressed faith that Jesus could have prevented the death of her brother Lazarus. And she was present when Jesus resurrected him. You understand? And so her sister Martha criticized Mary when Mary chose, amen, to listen to Jesus rather than helping her with household duties. Amen. But Jesus commended Mary for having spiritual priorities. Amen. Glory to God. You can see that in the book of Luke. You see. And so uh, on, a, on, a, on another occasion, Mary extended exceptional hospitality to Jesus by putting costly perfume, perfume oil on, on Jesus' head and its feet. Amen. See that in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, uh, verses 6 through 7. Others, uh, other presents, uh, 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 well, well, others that were present. Let me see. Let me, let me put it that way. They accused Mary of being, uh, of, 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 of being wasteful. Glory to God. But Jesus defended her. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus defended her, saying, wherever this good news of God's kingdom is preached in all the world, what this woman did will also be told in memory of her. Glory to God. Man. See that in the book of Matthew, verse 24, um, uh, chapter 24, verse 14, and chapter 26, verse 18 through 13. And so, what can we learn from Mary? Mary cultivated deep faith. She put the, the worship of God ahead of mundane matters. You understand? And so, she humbly honored Jesus, even at considerable financial cost. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
And so then we have um, Mary Madeline. So who was she? And what did she do? She was a loyal disciple of Jesus. That's who she was. What did she do? She was one of several women who traveled, glory to God, with Jesus and his disciples. Imagine that. You understand? She generously used her own funds, amen, to help care for their needs. Huh? See that in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. She followed Jesus to the end of his ministry. And she remained close by when he was executed. Huh? She had the privilege of being among the first to see Jesus after he was resurrected. Glory to God. Go to the book of John and see that. John, amen, um, chapter 20, amen, verses 11 through 18. Hmm? So what can we learn from Mary? Mary Madeline. She generously supported Jesus' ministry and remained a devoted disciple. Huh? <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. All right. Amen. Let's go to Miriam. Who was Miriam? Miriam was the sister of Moses and Aaron. She was the first woman in the Bible to... Uh, she was the first woman in the Bible called a prophetess. What did she do? As a prophetess, she had a role. A man in relating God's message. She enjoyed a prominent position in Israel and shared with the men in a victory song after God destroyed the Egyptian army uh, at the Red Sea. You can see that in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 15, verse 1, uh, verse 21, and verse 20. As a matter of fact, and sometime later, uh, Miriam and Aaron spoke critically of Moses. Of Moses, huh? They were evidently motivated by pride and jealousy, but God was listening. Glory to God. God, God, God. Hey, look here. God don't miss nothing. I don't care if you're mumbling it. I don't care if you're thinking it. He ain't gonna miss nothing. And He strongly counseled both Miriam and Aaron. Go to the Book of Numbers and see that. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. God then struck Miriam with leprosy. <laughs> Apparently, she, she, she had been uh, uh, instigated. Uh, 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 she had instigated, amen, the critical talk. And so when Moses pleaded with God on her behalf, God healed her. Hallelujah. You hear me? After a seven-day quarantine, she was allowed to rejoin the camp of Israel. Amen. Do you hear me? Go to the book of Numbers and see. Numbers chapter 12, verses 10 through 15. Amen. And so the Bible indicates that Miriam accepted correction. Glory to God. Now, you remember what I just read in, 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 at the beginning of this message uh, in 2 Timothy. Verses, uh, chapter 3, verses Amen. Um, 16 through 17. Um, I think that's what I read. Second Timothy. Yeah, that's what I read. Second Timothy chapter three. Uh, uh, it says all. Let me read it again. All scripture is given by inspiration and profitable for doctrine. Amen. For reproof, for correction. 
for the instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. Huh? Amen to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Miriam, amen, she accepted the correction. And centuries later, God referred to her unique privilege when he reminded the Israelites, I sent before you Moses, Aaron, Aaron and Miriam. You got to go to the to the book of Micah to see that. Amen. Chapter six, verse four. And so what can we learn? Amen. Um, from Miriam. Miriam's story reveals that God pays attention to what his wor worshipers say to or about one another. So when you when you're busy gossiping, amen, uh, 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 about the servant of God, about the child of God, you understand what I'm saying? You better know, amen, that God is listening. And so we 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 also learn uh, that to please God, we must avoid undue pride and jealousy traits that may cause us to smear the good reputation, amen, of others. Huh? Let's go to Rachel. Who was Rachel? She was the daughter of Laban. Uh, and the favorite wife of the patriot Jacob. What did she do? Rachel married Jacob and bore two uh, and bore uh, him two sons, uh, who came to be among the founding heads of the twelve tribes of ancient Israel. And so Rachel met her future husband while she was tending her father's sheep. Go to the book of Genesis to see that. Genesis 29, 9. Amen. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and she was very attractive compared with the older sister Leah. <laughs> Amen. And again, see that in, in the book of Genesis, chapter 29. And so Jacob, he, he fell in love with Rachel. And he agreed to work for seven years so he could marry her. That's love right there. To agree to to to, to, to agree to something like that. Amen. However, um, Laban uh, uh, he he tricked Jacob into marrying Leah. Marrying Leah first. After which Laban permitted Jacob to marry Rachel. Huh? Glory to God. And so Jacob loved Rachel uh, and her two sons more than she loved Leah and, and, and her children uh, and the children by her. Amen. And as a result, amen, there was rivalry between the two women. Hmm? Amen. How many, how many people got children by two different people. And is there any rivalry going on uh, between the two? Huh? You know, um, in my reckless life, um, as I was young, uh, the old man, I was reckless. And uh, I just thank God, amen, that he, 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 he takes care of fools and babies because I was a fool as I was reckless. I could be, I could, I could end up being one of the ones who had children by different women. Unmarried. Never been married. 
Amen. But I thank God that that never happened. And I thank him for protecting me. Amen. From, from, from that type of situation. Because again, I was a fool. Uh, glory to God. I was a fool. You know. And uh, So what can we learn from Rachel? Rachel endured a, uh, a difficult family situation without losing hope. Amen. You hear me? That God would, would, would hear her prayers. Huh? And so her story reveals the strain that polygamy puts on families. And so Rachel's experience demonstrates that wisdom, the wisdom of God's original standard for marriage, that a man have only one wife. Again, go to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 4 through 6. Amen. And so uh, let me move on to... Uh, Rahab, Rehab, or Rahab. Uh, I think that's how you say her name. And so, um, who was she? Hmm? Yeah. She was a prostitute who lived in the Canaanite city of Jericho. And she became a worshiper of God. Huh? What did she do? Rahab hid two Israelites who were spying out the land. <clears throat> She did this because she, she, she had heard reports of how Israel's God, Jehovah, delivered his people from Egypt and later from an attack by a tribe called the Amorites. Huh? And so Rahab helped the spies and pleaded with them to spare her and her families when the Israelites came to destroy Jericho. Glory to God. And so they agreed. But on certain conditions, uh, uh, they, they, in other words, they agreed, but, but it was on certain conditions. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? And so she would keep her mission secret. <clears throat> Excuse me. She and her family would remain inside her house when the Israelites attacked. And she would hang a scarlet cord from her window to identify her home. And so we have obeyed uh, every instruction and she and her family survived when the Israelites captured uh, Jericho. And so uh, she she later uh, married an Israelite and became an, uh, uh, a centrist of both uh, uh, King David and, and, and Jesus. Go to the book of uh, Joshua, chapter 2, verse 1 through 24, uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 25, and you can also go to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, uh, 6 and 16. Glory to God. And so, what, what, you know, what can we learn from her? Amen. Um, the Bible refers to Rehab as an outstanding example of faith. You go to Hebrews 11, 3, uh, 11, 30 to see that. Amen. You can also go to James uh, chapter 2, verse 25. And so her story illustrates that God is both forgiving, hallelujah, thank God, and impartial. Blessing those who he trusts, uh, blessing those who trust in him, regardless of their background. Oh, Lord. Huh? 
Let me read that again. Regardless of their background, God is both forgiving and impartial, blessing those who trust in him, regardless of their background. Jesus. Hmm? And so let's go to Rebecca. Hallelujah. Who was Rebecca? She was the wife of Isaac and the mother of their twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Hmm? <clears throat> Excuse me. What did she do? Rebecca did God's will, even when doing so with with, with, with uh, even when doing so uh, um, was it was difficult. You understand? Amen. Everybody say the will of God gonna be easy. It's easy for us who got the spirit of disobedience in us. It's difficult for us, amen, who got the, the spirit of, of rebelliousness in us. And we all got it, man. We all got it. We all got it. Oh, we all had it. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. And so and so while she was getting a man water from a, from a well, a man asked her for a sip. <laughs> you understand? A man asked her for a sip of water. Rebecca quickly gave him a drink and offered to draw water for him, uh, for the man's camel. In other words, go to the book of Genesis to see that. Genesis chapter 24, verses 15 through 20. And so that man was Abraham's servant, and he had traveled a great distance to find water for Isaac, Abraham's son. And so he also prayed for God's blessing when he saw Rebecca's uh, industrious and, 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 and hospitality. He discerned that God had answered his prayer, indicating that she was his choice for Isaac. Huh? And so when Rebecca learned of the service, uh, service quest, <clears throat> excuse me, she agreed to return with him to become Isaac's wife. And so Rebecca eventually had twin boys. God had revealed to her that the older boy Esau, a man, would serve the younger, which was Jacob. And so when Isaac arranged to give Esau the firstborn blessing, a man, Rebecca took steps to make certain that the blessing came to Jacob in harmony uh, with what she knew to be God's will. Huh? And so what can we learn from Rebecca? Rebecca was modest. She was industrious. Uh, she was hospitable. Uh, she had qualities that led to her success as a wife. Amen. Uh, and a mother worshiper of the true God. Amen. Now, I got some more to do. But... I think my recording device is about to, to fail right now. And so we still have others that we can touch on. We, we got Ruth. Amen. We got Sarah. Amen. We, 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 we got the Shulamite girl. Amen. We got the wife of Lot. Amen. And, and, and so these, these, these people and these women in the Bible 
amen, were truly instrumental. And so we're not going to ever dismiss, amen, the importance of women in ministry and, 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 and the importance of, of, of women doing ministry, amen, and, and especially ministering to men and, 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 and especially ministering to other women. Glory to God. And so uh, I, I want to thank my friend, amen, for, for, for encouraging me to, 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 amen, do a piece on this, a message on, on, on the women in the Bible. Amen. I want to thank the Lord, amen, for confirming that uh, through my brother, uh, Pastor Derek Dawkins. Amen. And I hope this finds you well. Amen. And so I'm going to send this immediately to my friend. And uh, maybe the next time I talk to her, which I hope will be very soon, uh, I won't get harassed. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to change that word, and uh, I can I can say that she encouraged me, and and uh, uh, maybe she'll encourage me uh, as well as other people do to to do other messages. This has been Mitchell Dawkins with today's message. Good evening, folks. Today is October the 29th, 2023. I'm your host and narrator, Mitchell Dawkins, with this evening's message. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm noticing uh, in churches um, or in people, amen, there's a lot of things going on. Amen with people um, today. And, um, you know, people are trusting God to fulfill promises. And so uh, that's a good thing. Amen. But today, my message is going to be stop trusting God to fulfill those promises. Again, I'm going to repeat that title. Stop trusting God to fulfill those promises. And uh, one of the biggest things you can do is trust God to fulfill the promises he's made. One of the worst things you can do is trust him to fulfill promises he never made. Huh? And I've seen people who love God devotedly turn bitter and angry because of this dangerous trap. Yet, most of the time, we don't even realize we're doing it. It feels spiritual. You see, it feels spiritual like, 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 like we're exercising huge faith. And people are awed by our great belief. And so here's how it usually happens. You see? You want something. You see, and, and, and your goals are good and you're trying to get on board with God. Uh, let me just use this for example. Let, let's say you've been watching God uh, weave you and a friend together with weird consequences. And now this must be your future spouse. Hmm? Or maybe you need to raise funds for a ministry goal. And you just met a wealthy neighbor. 
People encourage you. Don't worry. God won't let your ministry close. In faith, you haul out verses about provisions of healing or, or whatever is appropriate. Huh? And, and, and the more you talk about it, the tidier this solution becomes. You pray like crazy. You share with people. You plan accordingly. This must be God's plan. Except it isn't. It's your plan. You believe in that God will fulfill a promise that he never made. And when he doesn't, your faith comes crashing down. You're confused. You're embarrassed. You're angry. He didn't do what you expected. But he never said he would. You put words in God's mouth that he never said. And when your dreams didn't come true, you think he failed you. Hmm? And so we got to try, we got to stop trusting God to fulfill these promises. Here are some of the things that might help you avoid words or putting words in God's mouth. Know who God was talking to in a verse. Was God promising every infertile couple of son? Or, 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 or was that just for Sarah and Abraham? Huh? Put 100% faith in any of God's scripture promises that apply to you. Don't depend on promises met for someone else. If, you, if you're thinking God, if, you know, even if you're thinking God told me, you see, you know, people, people say that God told me, God told me this and God, even if you're thinking God told me, ask yourself when he said so and how you know that it was, it was him. You see, if you're leaning on your own feelings or the clues you've gathered, remember you're fallible. Scripture says our hearts are deceitful. You may be setting yourself up for a big fall. We need to use correct measure, the correct measure of faith. Don't be impressed by how much faith someone puts in her own idea. Be encouraged by the person who submits to God's plan. Glory to God. I'm talking to somebody and has faith that no matter what happens, God is good and his plan is best. Glory to God. And so we need to remember God has mysterious ways. And he never, he's never out of options. You see, God don't run out of options. Just because this is the only solution that you can think of doesn't mean it's the only solution he can think of. Hmm? Pray less for your desired outcome and more for God's will. When I'm hoping for something specific, I pour my heart out to God about it. I tell him how much I want it and why. Then because I know I can fall into this trap again, I spend more, even more and more time and energy praying things like, help me to pray the, the prayers you want to answer. Align my will to your will. I want your plan more than anything I think I want. And put me in the center of your will. Glory to God. Huh? And then I keep praying those until, I keep praying those things until I, I, I really mean it. 
<laughs> you see, you need to keep praying about things until you really mean it. And so I'm going to follow a man, this message up. Uh, it's not going to be tonight. Amen. But I got a follow up message. Uh, it's about meekness and uh, how it's more important than you think. And then I'm going to follow that message up, amen, uh, with a message on uh, keep on witnessing anyway. Keep on witnessing anyway. Amen. A deeper word. This has been Mitchell Dawkins with tonight's message. <laughs>